Welcome to Pin the Q Productions. If you are interested in the culture of the fire service and keeping tradition alive, you have come to the right place. Now sit back and relax with your brothers and sisters and enjoy the show. Be sure to like and subscribe on all social media platforms, Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. For more information on Pin the Q Productions, visit www.pintheq.com. Welcome back to Pin the Q Podcast. We are in, in Florida, sunny Florida. Cold. It, for you, it's cold. Yep. For me, this is nice. You know, leaving in a sweatshirt, typically it's about 20 degrees, 30 degrees right now, 18 degrees. So I'll take this. Yeah. To me, this isn't no, cold. This is cold. For you, it's cold. This, for, me, <laughs> for me, it's beautiful. So we're at a Harley dealer, which is Crystal Harley. Mm-hmm. And what's the name of this town? Crystal River, Homosassa Springs. Homosassa Springs in Florida, which... Sunny Florida. I saw a manatee. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. Tomorrow will be brisky because we're going to Daytona Beach and it'll be 28 when we leave. 28. In the morning. See, 28 to me, that seems normal around this time of year. So, yeah. Yeah, I like I like Florida. I can I can get used to this, I think. So, before we get any further into the beautiful Florida, at this really nice Harley dealership. This is the nicest Harley dealership I've ever seen, by the way. Is it? Yeah, this is, this is pretty top notch. Yeah, they just finished it. Yeah, it's been real, here a couple of years now. Very nice. So before we get any further, sir, why don't you tell everybody who you are? Okay. I'm Bill Waitley, I'm the president of our Firefighter Motorcycle Club, Smoke Divers. Um, I've been fire service for 32 years. And that and that's what brings me uh, to you and how this show is going to get started because I think that uh, what you do, what your association does in your, in your uh, club is important. Um, it's unique. There's not a lot of clubs like yours that I'm aware of personally, and uh, and I, I'm interested in hearing that all those started. But the way I, I start all my shows are pretty much the same, and that is, how did you get involved in a fire service? I mean, how did this all start for you? Long time. <clears throat> um, working with my father in the metal manufacturing company and then getting out there, getting in trouble. Right. And then decided I'd better get in there and start doing something. So I started volunteering. And where was that? In Homosassa, right here. Oh, here. Spring Springs, okay. okay. right down the street. And uh, I did a total of 10 years there. And um, how old were you when that started? 18. Okay, so very young. Yeah. Um, I went from the volunteer structure to full-time. And how'd, that, how'd that all start? Did you Were you applying to different places, or would they call for you? How'd, how'd that all start? No, I... <clears throat> I actually was volunteering for quite some time, and then I met an elderly gentleman that was retired from Syracuse, New York, Okay. and uh, Harvey Crick, and he kept telling me, all this training you're doing, all this stuff you're doing, you need to go to a full-time position somewhere. But I liked the volunteer structure, so mm-hmm. I stayed for a while, and I just continued to go to school, and more school. But, uh, and all this time, you're still doing the metal working, right? Yeah, I'm okay. still working for my dad. But, um, and that paid for all my schooling. So that was a good thing, you know. But uh, I went on to go on to Marion County, which I started over there, and full-time. What was that like for you when you when you finally got paid to do what you love? It was good. I, I mean, I enjoyed it, and I definitely did. But I stayed in the volunteer structure and I also um, actually started in a volunteer fire station in a full-time fire department. Okay. So the so station, combination department. Yeah. yeah. So the station I had, they, the volunteer actual structure, MSTU, they were paying for the salary. <clears throat> I was employee number three. Wow. Yeah. Good seniority. Yeah, that's great seniority. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I enjoyed the volunteer structure, and that's why they put me there, because of the no conflict, you know? Okay. And it was a great brotherhood, and it and it, it went on from there. And eventually, the fire, as the state changed the regulations, the older-time persons couldn't continue, and they, they went full-time all the way through, which was a benefit, too, as well, to the community. And what's, what schedule were you working then? 2448. Okay. Yeah, it's great. But I was one of the scratch hogs where we were the 
overtimes. Mm-hmm. So any, any overtime there was to get, we right. took it. Sure. You know, so it wasn't just the money. It was because we were there. You know? how, how was the department structured at that time? Were you an engine company, ladder company? Were you pretty much, you had a ladder and engine, everything together? Yeah, our station was unique because it was a volunteer station. And they had an MSTO, which is a special taxing district. And they had the funds there. We had heavy rescue, ladders, t- uh, two engines, tanker truck, two brush trucks. So it was pretty loaded. That's good. Um, and then, of course, the ambulance rescue, which that's what they stuck us on mm. because the volunteers wanted the fire trucks. Right. You know. But um, thereafter, they, you know, we worked on the second engine and then went from there. Now, were you a paramedic or an EMT? Paramedic. Paramedic. Mm-hmm. It, was that something you wanted to do or is that something you were forced to do because of the, the station you were at? I was actually one before I even started. Um, I started school early, as my uncle made me do. Smart. <laughs> he, he took care of you. Yeah. yeah. Smart. I started school early and before I even entered into a professional service um, as the paid staff, I already had from the volunteer structure all those classes yeah. that done. So when I walked, so you were ahead in, of the game. Really. I was yeah. a lot, but wasn't looking for that. Right. Uh, but when I first put my application in, the person, the lieutenant was at the desk, told me right off the bat, "We're not going to pay you for all this stuff." <laughs> and I'm like, <laughs> "I'm not looking to get paid for all this stuff. I'm just wanting an entry in." Right. Got hired the same day. Oh, that's great. But um, <clears throat> yeah, just had a lot. It's good of, thing you listened to your uncle. It made it made you marketable. Yeah, yeah. It was. Um, I did a lot of safety training hazard material training um, from every aspect, high angle rescue, search and rescue. I I went through a whole bunch of stuff just to get onto a a department. Right. But I I kept under that, you know, on my belt. So it it paid off in the end. Sure. Absolutely. That kind of stuff, that type of training, education. And we we preach it all the time on the show, how, you know, training is important. Try to get as much as as you can, you know, never turn down training. It's knowledge. Especially now because, you know, it makes you more marketable like it did for you. Yeah. Luckily, you, were, you listened to your uncle and you, you took that advice. Yeah. Now, you were in the career department how long? A uh, total of 32 years. Wow. Long time. Yeah. A lot, a lot goes on in that 32 years, right? Yes, it does. Do you, what, could you, what do you recall the most about, because um, we, we have a lot of young firefighters that watch the show, and we also have a lot of civilians, people that aren't firefighters or maybe have firefighters in their family, and or they're just curious. Um, explain to me what that brotherhood is like to you, what it meant to you, and what the brotherhood is about for you. It's sitting down and being able to talk to each other without having any discrepancies. Or, you know, Of course, you always have discrepancies, but you work them out. Right. Um, each person you know that you have on your crew has your back, uh, no matter what you do. You know, um, it, The brotherhood is a strong bond as we do in our not only in just a fire service our club right um but the um the brotherhood and sisterhood out there is a, a very unique and um special it's different in every aspect out there i i would presume but we had a very tight-knit group and the county that i worked in was very large um 33 stations wow that is big yeah and but we knew every one of them right that's great that's huge right that many stations and everybody knows each other that's that's a pretty big deal yeah the the fire service when i talk about brotherhood and we talk about that kitchen table talk Mm -hmm. even what we're doing right now um a lot of people will mention that you're having a bad day at home you know you're having financial problems you know you have a death in the family you can go to that kitchen table and somehow find solace right you know Mm -hmm. Would would you would you say that's true for you as well when you when you Def- had that kitchen table time? Definitely, yeah. definitely. And you, your camaraderie goes a long way. You can wind up walking away from the table laughing. Right, exactly. Yeah, you know, right? Yeah, you can be there, have the worst day, and, and mm-hmm. end up walking away laughing. Exactly. Sometimes breaking chops is like the best thing happened for you. Sure, <laughs> sure. You know, that's one great thing about fire service. That we have any type of weakness, we have someone there to. To poke mm-hmm. at it, which is great. Yeah, we poked at some, yeah. you know, but they poked back. Absolutely, yeah, that's good. So after after all that time in the fire service, you know, um, thirty two years, what what do you recall the most about it? Thinking back at that time, a lot of long hours. <laughs> yeah, um, I enjoyed the fires. Um, 
not most people like the fires, but I, I enjoyed it. And uh, I like the special rescues and high angle rescues and search and rescues and, and stuff like that. Um, hazard material, I had all the training, but wasn't my cup of tea. So there was a squad for that. But I just liked interior attacks yeah. and interior stuff where we had some incidents happen there uh, and lost a few. Um, as we didn't, you know, as most, some people do, but, um, I just like the fire service in general at any part of it, actually. Do you recall, uh, one of those, those losses that you were involved in? Yeah, we had a structural collapse. Um, one particular, six of us went in, five came out. Um, now was he part of your station? Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry to hear that. That yeah. how, how did you guys go about dealing with that? We talked about it, and we just basically just roundtabled. We never reached out to anything. Of course, back then, there wasn't any, right, right. you know, uh, any special tactics that they would use to talk to you or, you know, stuff like that, which is very important these days because people Absolutely. are committing suicide right and left out of these fire services. It's just a tragedy. Yep. But um, we, the brotherhood was tight, so we worked our own way through it, and it it helped. One of the things that we talk about on the show is that uh, the questions always are asked of us. How do you start your day? I'm sure you guys all start your day the same way. You check your rig, had breakfast, you know, all that stuff, or dinner or supper, and then you go on a run, and then six go, five come back. Right. How do you how do you start over? How do you go back to work? How do you get your mind back into the, into the job and into this? How does it happen? When the bell rings, you go. Exactly. And it's funny, you and I understand that, and a lot of a lot of smoke eaters watching us understand that, but when you tell someone that who's not in the fire service, it's hard for them to swallow that. Right. Yeah, how do you get back on the truck? How, how do you go back and do that job, knowing that that could happen to you? You're watching your own mortality, right. in, in a sense. But you're, you're absolutely right, that's how you do it. You just, you just do it. You just go. Did you guys have any, any time down at all, or just get right back into it it was a busy week that week and um that happened late at night so we didn't get much downtime because it was a pretty big structure fire so we so even when you got done with that that call you, you know was, you already it, ended your tour right it, it was basically clock out time in the morning when okay. we got done coming right. coming back cleaning the rigs and right. cleaning all the supplies and stuff and then the chief come in and decided to tell us to stay and they were going to give us time off but none of us did. Nobody wanted to go. No. Yeah. That's a shame, man. And uh, I'm sorry that you had to deal with that. That that sucks. That's the thing that sucks about the job, obviously. Yeah. But what's great is that everyone was able to yeah. to work through that. Did you find yourself towards the end of your career at 32 years? I mean, obviously, you were one of the senior guys in the house, right? Yep. Um, tell me about that. What, is, what was that for you, mentoring some of the new firefighters coming in and trying to deal with a new new generation of firefighters? It was fun. <laughs> I mean, you get to play with them, right. you know, but um, the guys were a different variety of people. Training was a little less, so we put them through the, the, t the tough stuff. Good. We toughened them up because, you know, we could see the training was starting to depreciate uh, state requirements. Somebody gets injured in the fires academy. State has to shut stuff down. They make it a little less harder, which made a lot of weaker de departments and, and, and manpower. So we didn't think that was right. So when they got to our stations, we did heavy training. And in Marion County Fire Rescue, they preach training. So the guys didn't like it, but and there was a few times I didn't either. But it was a long day, long hours, and they call you in in the middle of nothing and say you're truck has to come in for training that's great though and we're like okay we're gonna do training what is it gonna be you'll find out when you get there and then next thing you know we just fought two structure fires and now we're going into a burn situation and a training evolution right and we're beat you know but that's the way the job would go anyway you know so absolutely you, yeah you it's, just, it's real life training yeah yeah so you just work through it and then 
you go back and if you're lucky to get a shower to get back on that truck to go we probably never most of the time we never made it back to the station before they pushed us out for another call wow right out of training but um so a lot of sleepless nights at the station you were at yeah marion county was a busy place i mean a lot of people out there in the world firefighters sleep all the time i wish i did <laughs> i still can't do it to this day <laughs> i still get three hours of sleep every night from the time i retired wow that's all i get um but the tones go out we basically rolled right into the door never even got out of the truck people are running in to run to the bathroom real quick and run back out you know yeah actually that's that's one of the things to this day that um you know if we're around the kitchen table we we'd run the bell goes off it's that pivotal decision should i go to the bathroom or should i get in the truck right <laughs> and most of the time you'll see everybody beeline for the bathroom yeah then you got stuck because you can't go right. and, you know and so you got to hold it the whole time yeah in the volunteer service, that was a little more tough because you had to get on the truck. You know, at least when you're at work, you're you're automatic. You're, you're assigned to the seat, so you know you're getting on the truck. Right. So you have a time to go to the bathroom. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> but it's funny you mention that because that's we, everyone jokes about that. It's in a the, big deal. In the volunteer days, um, the state didn't have any real restrictions. So I learned a lot of valuable assets to the fire service before I went into full-time service. Right. Because back in the days, when we did training, we just thought of something to go do so the old time wood frame homes that are depleted we'd burn them and we'd stay inside and crawl out of the ashes when administration or the volunteer chiefs were saying get out get out we wouldn't get out we'd stay there until it was burnt to, to nothing crawl out of the ashes laughing but <laughs> you can't Imagine do that. Doing that today you can't do oh that today they would be done yeah they indict you today if you yeah, try to do something like that for real but it, we had a lot of fun in those days because you learned a lot. Yeah, absolutely. A lot. So out of those 32 years, uh, what the hell was it like for you to have to retire? Was it hard to walk away? Yeah, it definitely was. I was ready, but it definitely was. I could have probably went another 15 years out there. Um, there's politics in every adventure. And that does kind of kill the apple on the tree. Sure. As, as far as the fun and pleasure of the job, and that's what the, the folks are dealing with these days. Right. Uh, so there's not just the fire stress that they have to deal with and the patience um, of the personnel that they lose. It's the stress of just the management in general and right. the political That's everywhere, man. That doesn't matter, if, you know, yeah. from Jersey to Florida. It's the same, it's it's the same stuff, man. Yeah. I always say it's, it's the same circus, different clowns. Right. You know? Yeah. So you were training and teaching for a long time while you were still a firefighter, correct? Yes. And then what was the, high, what was the rank you left to retire at? Uh, captain. Captain. Good for you, Cap. Mm -hmm. So um, you have this training company. Tell me about that. Um, I actually started training in 1982. Okay. I was the I was an American Red Cross training instructor. Um, I was one of the service center directors um, throughout there, and then I moved into disaster service work, did lots of disaster service work. Um, and then when I went into the full-time fire service, they didn't have a training center or a training informational. So I started the first training center um, medically in the fire department that i started in full time and that's great from, from that part and then of course it grew and i got to be out of the training center and on the road again and back out on the trucks where i wanted to be um and they were doing well with that and still are to this day i still teach um i do basic life acls advanced cardiac life um i do all the infectious control the new narcan stuff that's out there for the lay world um AED, you know the 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 general stuff that right and I do now you do that for the layperson too yeah or, okay yeah um, I, I my most clientele are nurses and doctors and and stuff like that because laypersons are kind of holding back and that's ACLS yeah and right. or or BLS okay um, but the laypersons are kind of backing off quite a bit these days oh yeah because um, the issues out there of course but we're trying to lure them back in and show them the respective part of, of how you can help somebody and it works. Yeah. A lot, yeah. A lot of this, you know, holding hands only CPR now is, is a big deal. Yeah. You know, people are talking about that and, you know, things like the coronavirus doesn't help, doesn't help much. Yeah. You know, you have all these, you know. Exactly. You know. We, I did a class um, over last year we had 
two back-to-back hurricanes here in Florida, but it didn't hit our coastline. We thought it was, but it, it actually hit the Bahama Islands instead. Um, I had classes that whole week booked solid, so we didn't know where the hurricanes were going, so I postponed those classes and moved them down a week. I had one lady that I called and said, we got to move your class down, and she said, we can't. We have to, because there's a hurricane, you know, we don't know where it's going. And she really was reluctant not to want to do it, and it had to be that particular day. And coming to find out, the class that she was wanting me to do was for kids and the community and, and their parents and other stuff. So finding out that her child was struck by lightning on a soccer field wow. with no storm, no rain, no clouds, no nothing, just out of the blue, got struck by lightning through. It separated and went down both shoulders through his whole body and burned out his shoes off his feet. And um, the coach and the dad did CPR on him and started working with that. Did an awesome job that they could do. Um, as we got talking about the class, and, and she said it's his second year anniversary, we want to come in for that point. I'm like, I understand. And I didn't realize that he was still alive. No kidding. Yeah. I just assumed he'd passed away by the story you just told. And so did I. So I didn't have the heart. So we did it during the storm. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> you know, Good for you, man. And I, I, I'm, I'm in the class, you know, setting it up, teaching. There's a bunch of kids there, and I'm looking for the, the kid that, you know, is going to have a deficit, you know, and you get struck by a bolt of lightning and you die, you know, and your shoes and your clothes burn off your body. And right, how can you possibly there, be okay? There's going to be something, yeah. And I couldn't find him. So finally I went over to the father and said, where's your son? And he introduced me to him, and he was just as goofy as all the other kids in the room. <laughs> <laughs> and it still to this day has no wow. significant something visible to just react. So CPR in general and the, and the skills that they did were, were really good all yet. The father still sidetracked me and asked me what better he could have done. There's no more he could have done, it sounds like. Exactly. Done everything right. The answer I gave him. Yeah. There's nothing. He, he's alive. So I guess that will lead me right into my next question. And that was, you know, what does training do for you? I mean, I just answered that question. You know, I mean, that's right. I tell people in my classes, as I did one last night, um, I got home 1130-ish. <laughs> but um, there's young people in these classes, and there's young nurses, and, and, and also daycare workers that are in the classes and stuff. They have no idea what, what's going to hit them one day. And, and it's going to happen. Yeah. yeah. It's just a matter um, of time. And if they don't, if they're lucky. But we, we talk about it, you know, and my colleagues here in the club, we talk about it where... We know and we remember our first call sure. in, in those instances, and we never forget it. And they won't either, but they need to be prepared for it. And they need to be prepared for the harsh background behind it. Absolutely. And I try to prepare them, and even in the classes that I do, that, that they are mentally as best as they can possibly be. Right. Because that moment, you know, people panic in those situations, you know. They so do. To keep them calm and keep yeah. their head straight, they keep do. them focused on something. Yeah, and, and even though they're highly trained, they still blank out and then no save. Right. You know, but if they have the correct training, and I tell them, like we do in the fire service, and I emphasize this every time in class, that if they pre plan, mm-hmm. and of course, firefighters don't mention pre plan to a firefighter. Because it's always, oh boy, here we go again. <laughs> Every year, same building. But if they pre-plan their staff or their patients or their children in the daycare, daycare world, they can actually know what skill they're going to be using and won't have to think about a second guess. Right. And they're more prepared for it mentally, and they can do the job. And I agree with you. I think the mental part of being prepared is... Just as important as a skill set. It is. You know, because if you're not there mentally, no, any skill you have, you're not going to be able to perform. So I, I agree with you. That's a good point. It is. So if someone's in, in this area and they, and they want to get the get your information and, and have you come out and train them, what if, how, how do they find you? Um, I have a website. What's that? Um, it's the uh, Central Florida, um, the College of Central Florida. College uh, of Central Florida, okay. Yeah. 
and CPR Training Center. Okay, great. And then I have a Facebook page. And which, what's that? Which is the, um, I'm, I'm called the CPR guy. The CPR guy? Well, that's yeah. easy to remember. Because <laughs> I've been around so long, they always say, hey, that's CPR guy. And I just, I took, picked up the name. Okay, I'll just keep the name, you know. Yeah, it's good. But, um, and I just said, I got the website and the Facebook page and phone call, phone call, phone call. But honestly, I'm pushing people to do emails and Facebook correspondence and starting the the internet website page. But... Definitely easier, more to, it's easier to manage. It is, yeah. but I get 20 to 30 phone calls or better. Um, as a matter of fact, January, I had 72 phone calls. That's a lot. Yeah, and then you got to return them. Mm-hmm. But um, <laughs> it's all word of mouth. Right, okay. My customers are pretty much all word of mouth. That's the best kind. And I've been doing it. Yeah. Then you know what works. Yeah, you know, and so most of them I always ask, you know, right. where do you work or who do you work with? So I can set them up with the correct class and, and, and their scheduling. But where'd you hear about me? I always ask them that. And so-and-so told me. That's good. You know, Word of mouth is always the best because then it, it says that this works and this person, I recommend this person, which goes a long way. The old common handshake kind of went away, which sucks, you know. We, you yeah. need to bring that back. Right. I agree. Yeah. So, I mean, and they do a lot of that, you know. Yeah, it's good. So, you remained very busy with your with the fire service, and then you kept on now with the training, which is awesome. Um, so you, you stepped away from the fire service, you retired, and then tell me about this this club you got. Well, not only the club, as far as the fire service goes, um, we kept the training, and our club is dedicated, and we all know what training is about and what it's for. I wrote a program. Years ago, it's called, because we all ride motorcycles, it's called Bikers Down Emergency Response. And what a I great wrote, idea. I wrote the book, and I based it off of my wildland survival skills uh, and the class that I teach for wildland survival. Um, basically, they go hand in hand because bikers don't ride in the city. They go out of the city to ride in the middle of nowhere. Right. And then when they have an incident, they don't know what to do. Um and other people as well. So we decided to publicize it a little bit more. And this Harley-Davidson right here was the first one that actually brought us in, and we set up in their back parking lot where their writing academy area is, and we have a huge tarp that's got a painted intersection on it, a wrecked car, and a bro- a bo- know, basically a broken-down bike, being crushed. And then there was some of our uh, colleagues in, the, in, the, in our... Um, other areas of the club that knows people from Universal Studios in Orlando. Cool. So they make bodies look really good or bad. And we did publicational programs for them. We've had people come back already. And if it wasn't for the program, they would have lost the life of that person in the wow. accident. And that was, it's touching um, when someone actually gets knocked off of a motorcycle this is a real incident by the way they got knocked off the bike got t-boned in the middle of nowhere she had 16 broken bones and when she regained consciousness she's trying to find her husband and couldn't find him he was still attached to the bike she used every skill that she with 16 broken bones she did this yeah wow and probably really didn't realize it yeah well the adrenaline yeah and she as she trying to figure out what to do she said the only thing she remembered was hearing my voice in that program telling her what to do wow chilling um man if there was ever a commitment to what you're doing and why you keep doing it that's that's it man yeah it's huge we do in the club uh, we train so if we're out there we all know pretty much what we're going to do and who's going to do what when and how um on the side note of medical training we do motorcycle training um education on a motorcycle is most important um the you watch the sheriff's offices go out and they do their serpentines and their riding courses and stuff and you're like wow i wish i could be like him you can just gotta train it's not that difficult and we train in our own in-house class so everybody feels comfortable and they have more education behind that wheel and they're more comfortable and competent on their riding skills. Our Smoke Diver Firefighter Motorcycle Club, we started it off um, 
I had been in a previous club before, and it just didn't feel brotherhood to me. And I decided that I like the old frame school, the traditional fire service world, back like we did in the volunteer days. And I decided to start a, a club on my own and designed a patch and started working with it and a couple of the other persons that were in the other clubs decided I like that too and they jumped on board and we've been flying in ever since. How many members do you have right now? Uh, 14 in this local area. Great. And How many chapters are there of this, of this club? We're still National Chapter 1. Wow, that's great. We haven't grown um, outside of Florida and not that we can't is just that we turn it down. Um, we want to stair-step it, and we're waiting for adjacent counties or adjacent state. I don't want to jump from here to California because then the camaraderie isn't there. Correct. I, I, I want to have a link to a brotherhood, and I don't want it to be over a phone or a computer. I want to be able to ride there and say hello or have at least the next crew over do the same thing. So... People from Germany and all over the world have, have actually wanted to be involved in our organization, our club, but we, we just haven't accepted that um, until we actually do make that stair-step move. Um, it's a big thing to us. Yeah. Here locally, we do a lot. Um, Tell me some of the things you do locally. The charities that we do, we, we actually we host the Foster Parents Association. Okay. Uh, they're our main charity. Um we do the supplies that they need for schools and, and their education, and we do the supplies they need for Christmases and, and just whatever they need, basically, the funds we try to get them for. And how do you raise those funds? Uh, motorcycle rides and bikers are given. They are a given. They, they give, give, give. Sure do. Um, that, very helpful people. I noticed that uh, a lot of people who ride are some of the best people to give. Yeah, you know they're broke themselves, but they'll, but they'll give twenty bucks. You're one hundred percent correct. I, you know, yeah. we do charity cookouts, uh, which we have a few, actually five coming up um, throughout the summer uh, for other events that we get the money for. We not only just do the Foster Parents Association, we also have victims that get burned out of their homes, and we're ready and and, and waiting for that. If that happens, we have a closed closet new stuff wow um we have funds prepared and links to prepared to to give that help for to them that they need it that night of um we actually had one year a a family that got burned out three kids and t two adults that were in the house they got out um they lost everything christmas eve night oh, which man. is and you hear that tragic story every yeah, year right but there was no avenue for them to reach out with and someone called me and let me know and before that night we've already of course it was wee hours of the morning um we already had everything that they needed and we met them at a, basically not too far from here in the county park and we gave them a christmas on the side of the road and that's awesome and man. they they got clothes new they got bicycles like everything that the kid would probably you know want to have the sidetrack that 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 aspect in their life at the moment the hardship that they're going to go through you yeah, took something devastating and turned it into a positive it's great and, and helped them out as yeah. fast as we possibly could it's awesome cancer victims um, we had a late girl that was here local um and she had uh, terminal brain cancer and we did a huge fundraiser ride for her and the outcome of that was phenomenal it was a last-minute thing. Can you do this? Because we heard through the grapevine that they've been trying to get this going for some time, and because they needed help. And I'm never one to say no. So sounds like that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The guy's like, "Come on, guy." Um, but they're good. The um, they came to me, and when they told me what their story was and what they needed to do, okay, well. That'll be next Sunday. Wow. Well, they were turned down from all these other agencies and stuff, and no, that'll be Sunday. And it was such short notice, um, we had line, a line of three wide bikes that showed up to do the ride. And not only did they just do the ride in the, 
the, the small ten dollar fee that we you know do that they just drop buckets full of money because they didn't have a place to stay and they needed to be they needed to be in Tampa not here um, for that girl and the last story little <laughs> short but sweet she has fully recovered wow yeah um, they've got the best doctors they got the best aspects of, of, of treatment um, the stress was lower because they got to live right there at the hospital we paid for that um, so they got under the program we got them in it and she made a full recovery to this point that's why I love talking to guys like you because people don't understand what goes behind what you're doing they just see guys on motorcycles cruising around girls and guys on motorcycles cruising around and they just think it's a fun thing to do it's a chapter that's that's what they do not even knowing what you just told me right a lot of people don't understand what you're actually doing and what the club means and those type of charities just by you setting a family up having a place to, to stay while their daughter's having treatment that's huge yeah it's huge we don't think of it that way it's just but people should know somebody that we help right but you people know. you don't because that's what you want to do when you're kind heart and everyone in your club but people should know what you're doing because that's important it is um we also help the veterans um they do a lot out there um so they come to our events and our rides and and such and we do the same to them and so we kind of mutually work together um veterans for a cause is a local organization here in town um i surprised one of the guys as a purple heart um with a gold solid gold challenge coin uh, cool. on our, it was during our last year's 9-11 event that we did um and he was surprised that he that was even going to happen he didn't know actually my club members didn't even know i was going to do it <laughs> but um we we don't turn anybody down in, unless it's something that doesn't sound legit uh, we do not go and do any kind of fundraising or support to any large corporational it, if the money doesn't stay to the family good or, for you or right. they, so you're you're vetting all this stuff that you're doing to the local yeah. and it can be out of our area but we got to see it touch the hand absolutely it doesn't go in the the big pockets yeah, good um, for you it, we make sure that last year we we, we went up it's been growing every year next year it's probably going to get bigger because we got more funds coming but um and avenues to get those funds but people are giving bikers are giving but we sponsored um five families for christmas that didn't have anything and weren't going to have anything um so we've went from one family to five wow. and we're moving up from there we can get many more but you see the people some people out there greedy if you will and they they just they're out there they, they are and but we we can read through the lines i'll literally i'll interview um my event coordinator steve he does a lot of that footwork too and we interview these people and we eye to eye them and no they're, they're driving a mercedes i don't have <laughs> i don't even know a mercedes yeah you know yeah. so no but we can see the people that need the help and those are the ones that usually don't ask it's, right. it's usually sent to us by somebody else. Absolutely. I was just going to say that. You, the people who truly are you know, in need aren't the people banging your door down. It's someone else going, hey, you should probably look at this person. you know, Or they tell you a story about this person that needs, or this family that needs something. That's right. typically how it works. Yeah, one year we got done doing our nightly Christmas. Because um, what we do is unique. Um, started this very first day of when we, when we started this club. And... We all dress up in cartoon characters. <laughs> I'm Winnie the Pooh. I, I do stuff myself. Um, <laughs> but we all have cartoon character fun, and we also ride on the motorcycles with those costumes, and we go door-to-door to those children's homes. That's cool. And we deliver the gifts to that door in costume during the day for them. One year, we had the, the trail truck, we call it behind the bikes, still packed full. That was my happening to me my my vehicle, and my wife was driving, and it, it we ran at a it was new it was Christmas Eve night done dark, and we had stuff piled and nowhere to go, so we're knowing we're just going to bring it back and label it and put it to the side for burn victims and whatever, and we were stopped at the gas station to get fuel and um, 
we had costumes and you know that stuff going so somebody asked us about what we were doing and everything we told them what we were doing and she said I don't know if they would want me to tell you about this but I know a family and I'm like okay we're we'll go right now <laughs> yeah and we did actually we did that's great and we unloaded everything we had in the truck because it fit perfectly for their age groups perfect it was done so it was it's amazing how things like that happen it right? is it's like it, the it, universe it, is talking to you or something it's it weird. is yeah, it is and then it's it's uh, a, a good feeling that you know that you can watch somebody go right off in their first and, and bicycle no, and, and those people were completely uh, they didn't they no didn't clue want, right yeah they didn't want to answer the door that we had to actually show identification, our badges or whatever. We had to show identification. They were not going to open the door. They were scared. Right, right. And, you know, got more. they certainly weren't expecting it. That's no, for sure, and it's yeah. late at night, you know. Right. But they, they were happy then, <laughs> you know. <laughs> That's great. And then you, you keep in touch with most of these people afterwards, or? We see them, but no, we don't pry. Um, a lot of people have their dignity, and we respect and honor that. Um, if we help them another year, um, we try to find others to help. Good. But um, if we do see them again, it's a hi. How are you doing? Good. Don't right. discuss it. Excellent. And move on. Excellent. Um, be, you know, because people have their dignity and they don't they don't want that refreshed in, in yeah. their head. And we don't push for stuff like that. Um, so we do a lot of different fundraisers out there for just about anybody and everything we can do. I think it's great um, learning about everything you told me uh, through your, your motorcycle club because, honestly, I didn't know that you guys did all that stuff. And that, that, that's the very reason that you're here because I, I, I've been following you on Facebook and, and checking out what you've been posting and I've watched some of the events that you saw. And that's honestly what caught my eye to what was going on. That's why I wanted to speak with you. Um, but it's even better to hear it in person and to yeah. hear everything you're doing for your community and for people in need. And... Um, Again, I think what's important for people to understand about this is that this is all on you guys. No yeah. one's getting a paycheck for any of this stuff. Right. I mean, yeah. this is all out of the kindness of your heart. Yeah, we're a broke club. <laughs> um, we do scratch the money up and save to decide to buy our new patches for our new members and stuff like that. And then that's about all we got because um, we put it right back out into the community again. Um, so it truly is a brotherhood then. I mean, this, is, yeah. this isn't just a word. It's, right. it, it's a motto. I mean, this is what you guys live with. Right. And like I said, when we first started this club, my full theory of this club was a brother-sisterhood family organization. Our, our, our youngest member, she's eight years old. Wow. <laughs> uh, and That's cool. And in the biker world, she's patched in, if you will. Right, right. But um, and she went through her little stages for being patched in. But, and she's proud of doing those things. But um, we don't put people through the mill. But um, when some join our club, there's, there's prospecting that they do. Um, there's probationary that they do and stuff like that. And we don't do that. We respect the, and, 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 and the dignity of the persons that worked in the fire service. They already did their time. Right. They, already, they already had probation. They already had all of those particulars. So if they were a firefighter and of any aspect, it doesn't matter what area you come from, from wildland fire to structural fire uh, to... Volunteer to, career. Volunteer career. Right. Um, military fire. It, it really doesn't matter. Um, we have something to talk about. What, is this, and, what does this club mean to you, man? I mean, like, you've been talking about all these other people. Um, what's it mean to you? My club this year, well, now I would say our club, um, it's a family. We do a lot together, not only just ride bikes. Um, summertime, we do, we'll do. we go kayaking and we'll do swimming. We'll just do whatever uh, that we stay as a group. Someone has an issue, we're knocking on the door. They say they don't need help, we're knocking on the door anyway. Um, we're a family. It's great. And the people that we do bring them in, um, they don't understand totally about the family thing, um, but they'll soon see that they don't get pushed back. They're just right there where everybody else is. That's great. Um, we do have rank order and stuff like that, but we don't push the buttons on any of those things. Um, 
we've all had our days in the in the fire service world or where however you worked um and that's where we respect you did that person's and stuff we're opening up a new chapter um as far as medical side okay because um, like myself my wife's a nurse and and um, we have other persons out there that are not firefighters, but they are medical providers. <clears throat> so we decided to open up another side to our, our club. It'll still be smoke, so, smoke divers, firefighter, motorcycle club. But Okay. So was uh, it like a sister organization? Too? It'll, it'll be under our same name logo. Okay. Um, but it'll be the medical crew. Okay. Instead of fire crew, it'll be the medical crew. Cool. And so, and they'll have their own separate patch. Right. And they'll go under our, our, our bylaws and stuff. But, um, it, like I said, we we have parties together, you know, we have Christmases together, we have New Year's together, and we have our arguments, we have our toughs and battles, but in the end, we're back at the table. What I love is that you got guys uh, that are part of this club that are here right now yes. watching, you know, they, they don't have to be here, they, they could be doing anything, but they, they're right. spending the time to be be here with you and support right. you, and it says a lot about your, right. about your club and about mm-hmm. your membership, you know. Yeah. Before I... Uh, I keep you off the hot seat because I know you probably want to be done with this, but mm-hmm. you have a flag that's on the table here. Mm-hmm. Uh, and obviously this means something to you because I often tell guests that come on the show, bring something that means something to you. Mm-hmm. You know, bring your helmet, bring your jacket. Um, behind me, we have you have a vest, right? Your jacket. Mm-hmm. And you have your helmet from uh, where you work. Tell me about this flag. The flag actually was um, one of our volunteer firefighters, um, Mr. Garber. Um, he was pretty much the first contact I had when I first started volunteering, and he was a firefighter forever and a day. He pretty much knew everything there was to know um, that I thought of. You know, he was from Syracuse, New York, and he did 35 years in Syracuse, New York, on a ladder truck, and that was tough stuff. Um, he moved to Florida and started volunteering again. And started working. And so he kind of hugged me under his wing and, and stuff, and he pushed me through, do, 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 you know, everything. Um, didn't have any family. They were all passed away and stuff. So um, he wrote a, a will that his possessions in the fire service stuff um, would be mine, which I was surprised, you know, didn't expect anything like that. Right. But that's his flag, his funeral flag. That means something to you. Yeah. And so he was your mentor. Yes, he was. It's interesting because that is always a question I ask. And you know, who was the mentor? Or who was a person that you could think of? And, and it's it's right on the table. Yes, <laughs> that's great. I have his badge too, as well. Very cool. That's good. And then someday you'll pass that on to someone else, which is which is great. Um, before I let you go, is there anyone that you'd like to uh, to thank outside of of your brother there that we just spoke about? Is there any like anyone you'd like to thank on as far as the club or the association or anything that you got going on right now? Yeah, all of our members, um, they beat feet. They work hand-in-hand, and and they work hard. Um, All of us put an effort in, and some put a little more, and those are the persons we appreciate the most, of course, but everybody's all appreciated. Our sponsors out there, like Harley-Davidson, Crystal Harley-Davidson. This is great, man. They give you a place to stay for today. That's awesome. (laughs) Right? Out of the cold weather today. Um, But... We do cookouts and fundraisers for them, not for their money pocket. Um, they actually provide all the stuff for us to do. Wow. Um, we have a, um, actually our grill. It's made like a tanker truck fire. It's a 16-foot grill on a 25-foot trailer <laughs> with a roof. Wow. Um, it's got a 24-foot extension roof that comes out over it. That's awesome. With a, yeah, and it's got a 16-foot ladder on the top with our logo and a bronze la- axe on, above that. It's a, a six door barbecue grill. Wow! It's it's massive. You call that a grill? It's a grill, yeah. <laughs> um, it's got an oven inside. It's all wood based and charcoal based, but very cool. Um, it's it's smoker t- slash barbecue type of you know. Yeah. And um, they love it because we bring it here and nobody stands in line because it holds so much food. You know, people just boom 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 right through. But Harley Davidson's been a, a real giving organization to us um our 9-11 ride that's coming up this year we're already working on it i started actually in january but um it's moving right along and it's going to be a a special one 
this year as well, as it always is. Um, we do a lot of different topics, and we, we name everybody out there. We have the actual 9-11 wall, monument wall, that's here, um, with the names engraved on them, it's like the, the regular military walls. And we have that wall set up. And that's we, great. we do a bike ride. It's free, of course. And we do we don't collect anything for anyone. And everything's free for that event. And the sheriff's department does a good job with us, Citrus County, and they lead the ride for us if everybody's safe. And Harley Davidson turned around and said, How much does all that cost? A lot. <laughs> right. And Jewel Lamb is one of the is the owner. Um, her and her husband Steve. She just wrote a check. It's great. She just wrote a check. That's awesome. And so now we actually own the wall for this coming 9/11 event, as we did last year. We also have it in stored and paid for for the 20th anniversary. Wow. So that'll be next year. Wow. Um, and we're doing big things with it and it's the basically the only 9-11 event here around um no one really does anything with the 9-11 happenings and as far as a, a dedicational ceremony and things like that and our club looks at stuff like that you know we need things like that to not just remind the ugliness of what happened it's to show the respect of the brotherhood and the civilians is what we look right. at just, just the, sacrifice the, yeah, yeah the sacrifice the civilians that didn't mean to be you know they didn't know they were going to be somewhere right. but then we honor every one of them so we do a full public demonstration we do a motorcycle ride for the motorcycle people we do a full entire decor everything out there with a full ceremony bagpipes the whole thing good for you and, man and it's 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 an awesome it's great what you guys are doing yeah it really is it's awesome we do a lot of different ones you know different types of uh, events out there but that's our pride and joy that's the, great the 9-11 event not that it we like it to have no happened, of course but, but at least you know you're talking about something that's important yeah. well listen bill i appreciate you coming on the show it meant it meant a lot to me uh it was certainly worth the trip to, to meet you and to see what this is about and learn more about your, your organization, about your club, about all the fine people you have uh, in your club, mm-hmm. your brothers and your sisters, which is a great thing. Uh, I wish you the best. I hope to hear more and more about your club. I'll follow certainly it. be in touch with you. Yeah, follow our page. I certainly will. Follow so it. I have some things for you um, that we always give give our guests, but I brought a little extra stuff for you since uh, I probably won't see you tomorrow. <laughs> right? going You're a little far away, yeah. So... Mm-hmm. I, ha- I have some things here, and you know, earlier you spoke about, uh, you mentioned the word PTSD, right? You talked mm-hmm. about, you know, people taking a life in the fire service, which is, it's terrible, you know. Uh, this show is not a uh, a platform for PTSD. Uh, it's certainly nothing we we talk about unless the guests want to talk about it. We don't push it, but we do um, we do partner with a great organization called Next Run. Mm-hmm. Uh, these guys are firefighters. One one's out of California, and the other one's out of Georgia. Right. Uh, fantastic guys. Uh, they have a nonprofit organization called Next Rung. I have some other uh, information here for you, so I'm going to leave this with you. If you okay. wouldn't mind, if you can give these to some of the brothers in your chapter and, and uh, to some firefighter friends that you know in this area, because uh, this would be great for us to have another uh, area to to disperse this information. Yeah. Any any be it any any information. Yeah, I appreciate for, for it. that. Would is is warranted and, and these are great great guys doing great things make sure you check them out so th- that's for you you can there's plenty there so you can hand them out um and then i have some some pens from them uh, and you you know everybody likes free stuff oh yeah don't give those to steve <laughs> my, bro- my brother steve over there will take them all and then uh and then of course you know everyone likes decals right so i brought i bought a bunch of decals for a bunch of guys on your on your um club so you can hand these out appreciate and, it so that's for you. And then, this, again, there's a whole bunch of decals here. Okay. And then, Appreciate that. And then, of course, every guest that comes on our show gets one of our patches. Um, the only the only people who get these is someone on the show. So these mean a great deal to us. Right. Um, so, so I got one for you and your wife. Okay. So you so got to like, like, have one of those. It's, like, sure. our, it's like our patches. Exactly. It's sacred. <laughs> it is sacred. Those mean a great deal to us. So we only give them to, to guests. So we have people asking all the time for them. They'll call and send us emails and because you know they know the patches are out there but 
unless you have it, it means you, it wasn't you weren't on a gas. So. Right. And of course, our big big decal we can't go without that. Got that. Yeah, we went to the firefighter memorial over in Ocala, at the Florida State Fire College. Yes. Fire College. We do the memorial every year. Um, last year they opened up a new wing, so we went and looked at it. And um, one of the gentlemen that rides with us, uh, his dad was on a picture inside the memorial no bu- building and he goes that's my dad i'm like what <laughs> he goes yeah look at his number his service number his he was the first firefighter certified in the state of florida no kidding yeah cert number one which was pretty cool that's awesome yeah so while we were there and the being you know we're smoke divers and most people don't know what smoke divers is all about it's basically the hardest program that you could ever endure being in a fire service world smoke divers is a life and death in the training world <laughs> not only just being in the real world it's heavy duty training um i went over we were, as we were there at the memorial i went in the administration office and i heard they had a new smoke divers patch and it it's pretty cool the older ones were a little different um so i wanted to see you know the new ones and i asked the lady um if i could purchase one of the smoke divers patches and she asked me my name and on one of my identification my driver's license i'm like what pride the respect of that that's awesome you cannot Good for them that you cannot buy that patch without Good. without actually taking that class Good. that's the way it should be and so when she she looked it up and she goes, oh, my gosh, I don't find you anywhere. And I'm there somewhere. So let me just, because she had to go back in the the, the, the dust archives, <laughs> God for sakes. I hate to say that. But um, she come back and she goes, well, I could sell you six of them, but I only have five. I said, why would you sell me six? Because you've been in the, to, to the Smoke Divers program six times. I'm like, and she's looking. So she at, found you. Yeah. And so she's shaking her head like, who in the world ever would want to go through that nightmare of that kind of a class six times in a row? That is crazy. I'm like, I loved it. Yeah. I loved it. That's good. You know, so that's what we, we basically, elite-wise, we named the club Smoke Divers. Perfect. That, it, that's perfect. That, that says a lot about your club, honestly, that it's elite. Well, again, thanks for coming on the show. I certainly appreciate you having me. Appreciate I appreciate Crystal Harley for allowing us to, to use this room in order to do your show, which is pretty cool. So I'm going to walk around a little bit and check out the rest of this dealership. It's awesome here. They'll sell you a bike. Yeah, I'm sure they will. I have no <laughs> problem selling me a bike. So, again, thank you very much for watching the show. Be sure to watch this episode, which is on YouTube. You'll get the link. And also keep an eye on our Instagram page, and we'll definitely share your Facebook page as well so you can sure. learn more about the Smoke Divers and about this great club. Um, I'm glad he had an opportunity to meet Bill, and we're going to take some video of uh, some of the guys in the club. Good. Everybody gets to see that. Stay with us. We'll be back real soon. So